discussion boards, podcasts, green screens, and blogs. We all have our favorite ways of helping students make their thinking visible. Thanks for listening in to the Teach Fest podcast, where we explore our successes and sometimes our failures with EdTech in the classroom. Each week, we will toss about ideas and share what we are learning as we work towards our goal of reaching every child, every day, in every way. Welcome to the Teach Fest podcast, episode two. Today, I'm joined by Alpa Kandhar, District Instructional Leader for Science and one of our leading ed tech integrators. Thanks for taking time today to talk about an ed tech innovation that's been a winner for you. Hi, Mike. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with you today. Oh, I'm glad. I'm really excited uh, about our conversation today and to hear what you've learned about and your innovation that you're bringing into the classroom. We recently attended a training together and learned some interesting applications of familiar tools in this new remote learning model. So uh, tell me a little bit about how you've used a shared PowerPoint document to keep track of small group discussions when students are in breakout rooms. Hi, yeah, well, I recently tried it for the first time. I've been um, a participant in multiple workshops where people have sent us to Google Slides and I really appreciate the way that technology worked because we were able to join in with other people on a slide, have a task. It was very clear and directed. Um, but being that we are not a Google school, I've been thinking about how I could use a similar technology. I've talked to other teachers who have used the OneNote collaboration space as a place for students to gather. Um, but there's a little bit of an issue with the sync time with that where it's fast, but not, not fast enough. So, so, it turns out that PowerPoint can have a very similar functionality. So I used it recently in breakout sessions during our Wednesday Zoom, where I created a PowerPoint. I made eight slides for eight groups titled, they were all just copy and paste of the very same slide. And as students were sent to breakout sessions, they just had to watch what session they were sent to, if they were sent to joining breakout session one, two, three, four. And then with this link to the PowerPoint, they joined the slide number that matched the breakout session that they attended. And then the task that I had explained to them prior to them going to the breakout session was also explained on this slide. So a lot of times I've had students go to the breakout session, they're in the room, they stare at each other and they say, what did the teacher tell us to do? I forget, I don't know, I don't know, I guess we'll just sit here, you know? And so they, even with the best of intentions, they forget what their job is. So. So this worked well, they clicked on the link, they were all there. And for me as the teacher, I didn't have to be in the breakout session with them. I could just hang in the PowerPoint document and watch as the students typed and did the tasks that they were asked to do. And so the very cool thing is that everybody, they, they're always willing to do the work if they know what the work is. And so the fact that it was so clear they got right to work. They had to talk in order to be able to do it because they they didn't they were figuring out something new. So I think it facilitated conversation. It was very um, directed, and I noticed in one group that they had written an answer that didn't really make any sense. And so I said, "Oh, I know who that is. It's group three. So I joined breakout session group three, and I said, "Are you guys struggling with question four? And they were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And so it was a really very efficient. I mean, it was only a 30 minute session of which they probably spent 15 minutes in the slide, but 
I could type and give them feedback and say, yes, you, you, you named that correctly or you read the point correctly. So there was a back and forth of really quick and efficient feedback. And also from the student's perspective, a very clear task for them to accomplish. So it sounds like the problem out there is you send kids to the breakout rooms and just like us adults, you know, we go to the breakout room and we're not really sure, you know, there's not, there's a, there's a lack of clarity in terms of the task. You solve that problem by placing that task right in front of the students. And then the other problem seems like you've got covered with this is you can be in all the groups simultaneously. Uh, whereas before, if you got lucky and you were in the right Zoom group that was having trouble, you could you could really give the kids feedback. But in this case, you can monitor all six groups at once. Yes. So I think you definitely described what those two problems are really well. The one is, you know, the lack of clarity for the students, which now is clear for them because it's right in front of them. And even if you visit the breakout session, you don't necessarily know what the work is that they're doing, depending if they're shared document or not. So here, I didn't have to ask them, what are you struggling with? It was very clear. I could see it. And so it, it just added to the efficiency piece of saying, okay, well, you're struggling with identifying whether a solution is saturated or unsaturated. So let me help you guys out. So I think what we accomplished in 15 minutes was was pretty darn good. And, I, and it's something I think I would use in the future, even if we're not in a remote setting. So that's awesome, just in terms of being able to make the thinking visible for students and then to be able to to jump right in when they need you. I always find that going into breakout rooms is disruptive. You know, it's like everything comes to a screeching halt when you show up. So to be able to monitor that without interrupting their flow of thinking sounds like a great uh, solution. What kind of challenges did you need to overcome to make this work in your classroom for kids? Yes, At first, I just want to thank you for using that term, making thinking visible, because I think that that's that's exactly what happened with this, is that I could see their thinking, they could see their thinking, and we were all on the same page, you know, like figuratively and literally. Um, So that that part was good. Um, You know, the challenges initially were small. It was just knowing that this technology existed. It turns out how you start the PowerPoint, whether you make it in the client version or the web version does matter. So you do have to start with it in the web version so that the link is shareable um, and all students can access that. So I did have to just practice that with a few willing people before my family, you know, just to make sure they could open the link. And, you know, kids, of course, small challenges like them knowing what slide to go to. So they needed a reminder to pay attention that the slide number that they were to go to match the breakout session they were in. And that was it's just a little trick, but it's something that worked well. But if you didn't communicate that to them initially, that might be a struggle as well. I love that you mentioned starting in the web version of PowerPoint. Uh, that always seems to be like the, the stopping point for us, whether it's OneNote, a Word document, PowerPoint, whatever. So thank you for bringing that up uh, and helping to reinforce that piece. Outside of the, the benefits of being able to drop in and, and see the thinking without interrupting, were there any other things that popped out uh, as you've implemented this uh, with your students? Yes. Well, it's a permanent record now. So when you go back to class the next time or you revisit this topic or this lesson, there is a, something that you can bring up that the students can revisit. They can rejoin their groups um, they can, you can say, see, when you looked at this or when you saw that or when you wrote this. So just the, the ease of that record rather than relying on your memory of being able to bring it up. And there was a unique PowerPoint document. I, I saved 
I saved it three times, once for period two, once for period three, once for period six. So, so every class had their own PowerPoint presentation. So having the ease of, of revisiting that document and something that you could even go back to in the future and build, um, I think that that was an added benefit and just the space for students to be together and record their thoughts. I remember in the assessment workshop that we attended, one of the things that the presenter had mentioned was using the strategy. Sometimes students will spy on other groups to get ideas, not in a bad way, but more as a, like a, I'm stuck. Let me see what other groups are doing. Did you notice that with your students? Oh my goodness. I'm so happy that you reminded me about that. Absolutely. That was, that's actually a great benefit, which of course, you know, students, feel like they're being sneaky initially, but once once you tell them, feel free, go look at other slides because they have access to all the other groups just as I do. Um, so that that was a great way to get unstuck for them to see how that worked. And I, I used it in a department meeting recently where we were doing some debriefing on a video that we watched. And that was definitely happening there as well with teachers saying, well, how do, what did other teachers say, you know, and looking at that. So that, there you go again, the making thinking visible. So you can see, you can look at what other people are saying and build your own ideas from there. So I would say that's a great added benefit. I love that the teachers did the same things as the students. We're, <laughs> we're all learners, so we have the same tendencies. That's well, great. and you know, we've been doing all these uh, department and faculty meetings via Zoom. So it's it's an equally good strategy because, you know, during department meetings and faculty meetings, we are often using breakout sessions to think and it's the same issue of knowing what, why are we there? What is our task? How do we spend our time? And, you know, all of us, adults and children alike, when we have a discrete task in front of us, we are willing to do it. You know, if kids aren't doing it or teachers aren't doing it, it's often because we're just a little bit confused. So hopefully we will not be in Zoom teaching mode forever, you know, and moving forward. Thinking about this, you know, obviously we jumped on it because we were in Zoom and we were trying to find a way to bring students together in their thinking using breakout rooms. Do you see an application when we come back to normal operations for shared PowerPoint documents uh, to be used in similar ways in a regular classroom setting? Absolutely. You know, learning in the end is social. And so when we're together, physically together, which we're not right now, you know, these conversations might be happening just in a space, but then they're quickly forgotten. So, you know, that element of having this as a recorded document with the words that you shared to go back and reference and build your thinking on, I can see in a unit, you might have initial thoughts and you might learn something and then you can build on those initial thoughts. So to have this place to revisit and not just be a piece of paper and also to be something that all students in a given group could access, I, I can see myself that this would definitely become a part of an instructional strategy that I use in the future for sure. Especially in our, now that we're in a one-to-one -one environment with our students, everyone has access to the technology. I can see a lot of applications and maybe even if students get used to using shared documents, they would independently uh, begin doing that as well. Yeah. And it's amazingly simple and, you know, to create a prompt and then copy the slide you know, X number of times and then save the document one for each period. It, it, in time-wise, it did not take me very long to get set up. So speaking of spreading the good news on this, do you have any advice for someone who might be listening to today and might want to try this? What would you, what would you say to them? 
Yeah, I mean, I would say start with a task that you you know you think is is easily accomplishable. The first task that I tried was graph reading. So, you know, I put a graph that they hadn't seen before and they needed to interpret it. And I had a series of prompts that led them through thinking. So it was it was questions they I knew they could answer, especially if they had the help of some friends to talk through. So I I think that starting with a task that's, that you know is accomplishable and that they just need to have a little conversation around, I, I guess that would be maybe a starting point. That's really great. And you mentioned also earlier, you had some friends that you could try it out on. Maybe they were your teenagers at home. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the first time you do it, you don't, maybe don't want the live audience. So, you know, try it, try it with a few colleagues just to make sure the link works and it allows you to see what it will look like on your end. So I think that it'll just give you a little extra confidence because it would be challenging to troubleshoot in the middle of an actual class if that was your first time and things could go wrong (laughs) for sure. That is always stressful when the kids are looking at you and it's not working. So that's great advice to, to try it ahead of time with a friend. you know, that you're safe with and, and you can work through the bugs. Yes. Yep. And I'd be willing to be that friend for anybody. So. Well, thank you so much, Alpha, for uh, talking through your experience with this uh, using PowerPoint as a shared document to record student thinking in breakout rooms and to be able to provide feedback to kids immediately. I really appreciate your time uh, and your willingness to step out and innovate and try something new. So thank you very much for that. Yep. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Teach Fest podcast. I hope you found today's insights helpful and relevant to your classroom practice. Our theme music is Schoolyard by Crowander and is available royalty free on freemusicarchive.org. Mark your calendars. This year's Teach Fest conference is scheduled for Wednesday, July 7th and will feature a full day of sessions designed to support your professional development with ideas like the one you heard today. Keep on innovating.